0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grids Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening.
1: And Listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. It's, it's the best
0: friends forever, best friends forever. Do-do-do, do 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 do
2: 5'8", from Maryland, Frank Zussman, and your co-host, 5'9", from St. Francis, Frank Stamphal. Ladies and gentlemen, your BFFs. And
0: with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34, this is the BFFs? He is Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sachman, EY on
1: assignment in Saudi Arabia. What's happening, Frankie? Greg, hey. happy hump day to you, man. Lots to talk about. Finally, getting some injury reports. We got Thursday Night Football coming up tomorrow. Got some most added, most dropped. A lot of waiver wires going through last night. Where'd uh, to go did, tonight? Did in my home league, so we could talk about how much players went for in Fab. We got some buy or sell. Also wanted to throw this out there, you know, rest in peace to John Witherspoon, saw that he passed away. Uh, big fan of the Friday after next, the next Friday movies as well. Uh, those were a big part of my childhood, Greg, so I just wanted to give him a shout out, man. Rest in peace. All right, man. Uh, game seven of the World Series tonight, There's Nationals There's a lot going Astros. on tonight, man. It's a cra- it's- Wednesdays are always crazy for me, because they're always my biggest work night. night in terms of like looking matchup stuff up for that week, so like really going to dive into the stats tonight for week nine matchups. But between the World Series, the Knicks are playing. It's a full NBA slate. We got wrestling up to the wazoo. I, there's a lot going on, man. Wednesday nights are tough. I, I, I try to find a way to like start doing my research a little bit earlier every week, but it's I, I have like this regimen. It's like Monday, I'm watching Monday Night Football. I'm writing a waiver wire article. Sure. Tuesday, I'm setting all my fab bids, setting all my waiver wires, everything. Wednesday's the night that I really start to dive into the matchups for week nine. Sure. And then by the time we get to Thursday, Thursday Night Football is already starting up, so... Does your fiancé
0: still love you? Next question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope so.
0: Um, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Uh, yeah, it should be a fun night. Uh, fun night tonight with Game 7 going on. You'll do some your, your research. Uh, we also have a lot of wrestling on tonight, which is
1: cool. You,
0: know, you have that on the background when you do research a lot of the time. And, of course...
1: I, I doubt it will be on the, on the background tonight, Greg, with... Obviously, World with series, yeah. with the World Series going on, I, I like to try and catch every Knicks game that I can. Uh, but it's tough, man. There's there's a lot going on. As we've said pretty much the entire month of October, this is one of the craziest sports months. Might might be the craziest. Yeah, sports it's month.
0: awesome. I believe it was Monday night or Sunday night. Some, I guess it was Sunday night that it was like all four sports were going on at the same exact time. Like this is.
1: It's a great time to be a sports fan, Greg. Great time to be playing fantasy, to be betting as well. So uh, we'll try to get everyone caught up. So let's start on the waiver wire as we
0: catch people up. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers because we waited yesterday, right, to figure out, before you put your bids in, who was healthy and who wasn't. So they actually practiced, as we said yesterday. Matt Breida didn't practice. In fact, Kyle Shanahan said if the game was yesterday, he wouldn't have played. Now there's some optimism, of course, for Thursday. But he didn't practice yesterday. Raheem Mostert has a quad injury, evidently. He doesn't practice yesterday. JWJ, Jeff Wilson Jr., had a stinger this past weekend. He was not on the practice report, so we can probably assume he practiced. But he's not 100% either, which left Kevin Coleman, as we know, the lead dog. But when it came to the waiver wire, how much would you spend? And who would you spend it on? For me, Frank, in one league, Raheem Mostert was the guy. In the other league, Jeff Wilson Jr. was the guy. People want whoever the second running back is in San Francisco for Thursday night because Tevin Coleman can only carry the ball so much. How did your leagues look? And at this point, who would you rather have?
1: got to pay attention to the injury reports today as well, Greg, but right now it's looking like Jeff Wilson is going to be the backup to Tevin Coleman heading into Thursday Night Football. Raheem Mostert went for $2 in my home league out of a $100 fab budget. I wasn't necessarily in on Raheem Mostert; didn't really need him all that much. I had a small bit on him, either $2 or $1, uh, but I was beaten out ultimately. I had a $0 bid on Jeff Wilson and I wound up getting Jeff Wilson. So as of now, you said it, Greg, he was cleared of his stinger. He's the only running back... Uh, Between him, Raheem Mostert, and Matt Breida, who does not have the injury sign next to his name as of now. So we're going to pay attention to this situation, see what the injury reports tell us. We'll talk to Virginia Zakis of inside injuries tomorrow as well, try and find out more about this. Because we know that the San Francisco 49ers are going to run. They have a league-high 57.5% Rush percentage so far this season, and Tevin Coleman cannot rush the ball twenty plus times every single game. They don't want him to do that. He's not built that way. Kyle Shanahan has never really used him that way. I think they want him to kind of be in that fifteen to eighteen touch role, and then they'll give an additional eight to ten touches, whatever it might be, to the second running back. That remains to be seen. As of now, Greg, to me, it's looking like Jeff Wilson's going to be that guy. All right, Jeff Wilson Jr. could be the um, could be the optimis,
0: opti, opportunistic. There it is play on on Thursday night football. And remember it was just a few weeks ago. He was the goal line guy. And I know Tevin Coleman's had that role and he's gotten like more touches inside the in inside the ten yard line than anybody over the past few weeks. But Jeff Wilson Jr. was that guy early on this season and he was successful at it. So maybe he'll be using that Matt Breed-like role, which is a true fifty-fifty split, putting him in a really good spot for those owners desperate with the buys here. Jeff Wilson Probably the guy that I'd rather own right now as well. We're
1: on the same page here, Greg.
0: All right. When it comes to Arizona, any, it doesn't look like David Johnson will play. It doesn't look like Chase Edmonds will play. Any clarity with you when it comes to Kenyon Drake?
1: I think that they're going to try and give him as many touches as he can handle in this first game, Greg. But ultimately, still doesn't know the playbook by all accounts. It is a you know, tougher offense to pick up on here with Cliff Kingsbury and you know, they run the four wide receiver sets, so we could see more passing ultimately. They're going to need someone to run the football. Zach Zenner has been there the past couple of weeks, so he probably sees some touches. But they traded for Kenyon Drake for this reason exactly. They expect Chase Edmonds to be out a few weeks. I think when they made this trade for Kenyon Drake, they knew that David Johnson was not going to be available on the short week here on Thursday Night Football. And we could talk about this as well. You know, we want to do some buy or sell today, now is probably the perfect time to sell Kenyon Drake because you haven't seen him perform yet with this team and he does have some tougher matchups coming up. So we could talk a little bit more about that, but I think the majority is going to Kenyon Drake in this matchup.
0: We'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll go over the rest of our waiver wire. How much did Chris Conley go for your boy? We'll explain that and we'll let you know who was dropped around our leagues. Coming up next. Are watching us on YouTube and YouTube? you oh, YouTube? YouTube! If you're watching us on YouTube or YouTube, either one, doesn't matter. If you're watching us on YouTube and you like us, you really like us, subscribe, leave a comment below. Please give us a like, leave us a comment. Mention how I don't know how
1: to say the word YouTube. It's fine. Absolute YouTube. Or if you listen on your podcast provider, please. make sure to give us five stars. Five. Give us a rate, review, subscribe on the Apple Love it. podcast, Love Google it. play store, wherever you absolutely
0: Spotify. Let's do it. We'll take it. Man. We don't talk about that enough. Yeah. We should keep, we should five. do that more. Yeah. I like that. That sounded good. Besides the YouTube mistake.
1: <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed that.
0: All right. If you like us, uh, wherever you're listening, like comment, YouTube, iTunes. Oh, I said YouTube again. Holy crap. <laughs> YouTube and iTunes, please. All right. Um, Chris Conley was your boy yesterday. Still is. Still is your boy. That's good. Hasn't, you haven't changed your mind. I appreciate that. Um, I got Chris Conley in a league for 3 bucks. We got Chris Conley in a league for $7. Um does not seem everyone was as high on him
1: as you are. So I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping I'm right too, Greg. <laughs> I really hope that this is not Paul Richardson all over again because that was not great, Greg. No, it wasn't uh, your best. I ended up getting Chris Conley in my home league as well for $7 where I only had $24 left. And we talked, this highest bid? we talked about this, the next closest bid, $6. So I'm happy I went with $7. And ultimately, we spoke about this yesterday, Greg. If you need that player, even if it might only be for one week because the Jaguars have the buy in Week 10, and by Week 11, D.D. Westbrook is back. Nick Foles might be the starting quarterback. You don't really know how this is going to shake out in Jacksonville. But if you need that player for one week and you really like that matchup, you've got to spend money on that player. And I'm happy I did because I won him for one more dollar than the next closest bid. And I really like this matchup for Chris Conley. I'm going to keep talking about it. The Houston Texans secondary is beat up right now. They've allowed a ton of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Tyrell Williams had a walk-in touchdown last week. Even Hunter Renfro scored a touchdown last week. I really, really do like both Chris Conley and DJ Shark. And we don't know if D.D. Westbrook's going to play, Greg. He is still suffering from this neck-slash-shoulder injury.
0: Yeah, we'll hear about D.D. Westbrook tomorrow on the program when Virginia Zakis will join us. We'll certainly get an update on D.D. then. I'm I'm rooting on Chris Conley. I was looking at our lineup this morning, Frank. And we said, hey, let's put a seven on Conley because well, we might start him. And I don't know if we're going to, but having the option's nice.
1: Yeah, again, I, I do really like the matchup. I think we're kind of debating between him and Frank Gore going up against yep. Washington. So those are your, you know... Flex-ish players anyways. We could, we could so. also
0: start him over John Brown if we wanted to.
1: Yeah, John Brown against Washington Secondary. Pretty good play as well. So Fair enough. We've, we've got some options here, Greg. All right, let me... Um, let me go back to the running back position. I mentioned the San Francisco
0: guys in Arizona before, but a lot of people bid on Jalen Samuel and even Benny Snell yesterday. Worrying about James Conner, I get it. But James Conner came out yesterday and said, "Listen, I hope to play on Sunday." Mike Tomlin came out and said, "Hey, we'll see how it goes. It'll be limited earlier in early in the week." I don't expect Jaylen, um, James Conner to practice today, despite "limited" being the word. I don't. We'll see if he practices today or not. But this one, he even said it. It's going to go down to the wire. It's going to be a game-time decision for James Conner. So if you, had, if you picked up Jalen Samuels and you spent a whole lot of money
1: doing it, well, you know, cross your fingers that it matters. Yeah, I mean, we put out the poll yesterday asking who was the top waiver wire ad this week, and Jalen Samuels, by far, he had like 65% of the vote, which actually surprised me a little bit because, you know, the Dolphins are not good, but I think Mark Walton's going to have some value, and I really do like Chris Conley. But as we've seen, whenever the starting running back, whoever it is for the Pittsburgh Steelers, goes out of the lineup, the next man up, Pretty much gets that same workload. And we saw earlier on in the season where they got creative. They did some wildcat stuff with Jalen Samuels. So he could still have some standalone value. But I think people are looking at this where, you know, even if it's only a one-week thing, Greg, it's kind of similar to Latavius Murray, right? When you picked up Latavius Murray a couple of weeks ago, it was, all right, Alvin Kamara is dealing with an injury. You know, he's probably going to play, but let's see what happens. What happened? He did, he ended up not playing the next two games, so there's always a chance with running backs that are dealing with injuries, and James Conner has been dealing with injuries all season long, so we'll pay close attention to this one, but I think even if it's for a short-term basis, the upside for Jalen Samuels could be massive if James Conner does not play. Absolutely, Jalen Samuels. Was he a free agent in any of your leagues? No. Jalen Samuels? No. He wasn't in mine either, so I was going to ask you how much fab he went for, but... Ultimately, he was already owned in all of my leagues. Yeah, he
0: he was owned everywhere. I did see this report. You retweeted about an hour ago. I just want to bring it up. A couple of practice reports I just wanted to quickly get to. Uh, Miles Sanders was not at practice for the Eagles today. Um, we saw him get banged up in that second half last week. Did not return. Jordan Howard could be an interesting name uh, this week for the Eagles. And you mentioned to me during the break, Hollywood Brown returning to practice. And it's a rare Wednesday practice for him.
1: Yeah, he has not practiced each of the past two weeks, past three weeks. He didn't practice last week because they were on a bye as well. He didn't practice, you know, by himself. Regardless of him practicing, Greg, probably not going to play him because he's going up against the New England Patriots and, you know, welcome to the NFL, rookie. You're going to go up against one of the best corners in the league and Stephon Gilmore. So, uh, as much as... We've liked Hollywood Brown so far this year. He's made some big plays, most notably that week one game against the Miami Dolphins has really slowed down since then. Uh, We knew coming into the year he was dealing with uh, a foot injury. I think it was like a Lisfranc, Greg, or, or like a plantar fasciitis or whatever it might be. But looks like he's getting healthier. He's practicing this week. you like him for the long term. Don't really like him much this week going up against the New England Patriots. I tweeted out earlier, Greg, this is a revenge game for Jordan Howard. Drink. So it's a really good spot. I think it is. I know that the Chicago Bears ha- have been better against the run in recent years, but losing Akeem Hicks... Yeah, it changed, everything. changed everything. It changed really everything for did. them. And Jordan Howard, Greg, in the games that the Eagles have won this year, he's averaged 16.8 fantasy points per game. In sure. their losses, he has averaged 6.1. They are favored by five points, and they're at home, and Miles Sanders isn't practicing. I think we're looking at a big Jordan Howard week. The thing
0: with Jordan Howard is you just don't feel
1: good about doing it. Like Jordan Howard is it's the it's like w- Frank Gore, yeah. You never it's exa- great that's about exactly it. what I was about to say. You want
0: them to score touchdowns, totally. Jordan Howard is the guy that you close your eyes, you put him in your lineup, and you hold your nose and you <laughs> hope it works out.
1: Right? That's all. That's yeah. literally. It. I'm going to rank him higher than that this week. I- I'm going to be one of the high guys on him. I think he's going to be inside my top twenty four. He's going to be an RB two for me again. Miles Sanders banged up. The Bears have are you allowed- buying the revenge game? Is that what's happening? I, I really am. And-, and the Bears have allowed eight total touchdowns to running backs over their last four games. He is tied for third in the NFL with eight rushing attempts inside the five-yard line. So they use him in that part of the field. Which we knew they You would. want him to score a touchdown. He gets used inside the five, and the Bears are giving up touchdowns. Is, Can't wait for Jordan Howard to give us 12 rushing attempts for is 35 the best. yards. and I'll
0: tell you why this is the best. Because Frank spends all of August telling you how he's never going to trust a Doug Peterson running back. And now in week nine against Chicago, Frank is all in on trusting a Philadelphia running back. I, I get back. to
1: defend myself here, though, Greg. I don't like trusting Eagles running backs, and I'll always go back to, I think this is a similar situation, I don't ever draft Rich Hill for fantasy baseball. Here we are, you're trusting him! But if someone else is going to drop Rich Hill right. in the middle of the season, and they're going to drop Jordan Howard, spot. or you can pick up Jordan Howard on the cheap, or buy him on the cheap from someone else's team, and it's a good spot and it's a good start for Rich Hale, and it's a good start for, for Jordan Howard, you got to be able to adjust. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Last year, I didn't draft any Eagles running backs, Greg. But was I one of the people picking up Josh Adams and throwing him in, in the lineup when he was getting 20 carries a week? You bet your ass I was. And then how did that work out? Next, next <laughs> question. <laughs> I loved how it built up to this. And then goes right down the other side. Gordon Howard, Monster Week in Week 9. You heard it
0: here first. All right, we'll see. Let me move on to the most dropped players. You got to pick up players, you're going to drop players. And we actually did this uh, in regards to Chris Conley. We picked up Chris Conley and like, hey, can we drop Chase Edmonds? And you're like, yeah, I think so. The most dropped player in all of the outlet this week.
1: Yeah, one of the most dropped players. And I think in redraft leagues, you really can look into dropping him because he's going to be out this week. Probably out next week. When he returns, what is his role going to be? By that time, David Johnson might be back. What are we looking at? A three-headed running back committee behind a bad offensive line. Cliff Kingsbury can get creative and use some of these guys at wide receiver. They really haven't gotten much out of Demir Bird and and Keyshawn Johnson, so they can get creative here, Greg. It wouldn't surprise me if they use Kenyon Drake as a wide receiver at times, maybe David Johnson, but it is going to be crowded on a team that has a tough schedule upcoming as well. So I think in redraft leagues, I'm all right dropping Chase Edmonds. Obviously, in Dynasty Keeper, you might be a little bit more hesitant.
0: Yeah, obviously, in Dynasty Keeper, you, you can't. You simply cannot do it. And we'll talk about some keeper trades on the other side. I know you have a bunch of philo- philosophical questions that you want to get to, so we'll get to that um, coming up in a few moments after the break. Other players dropped here. Uh, it's funny, because the three top pickups from last week, all on the most drop list. So really successful fab usage last week with Chase Edmunds, I don't Ty know Ty that Johnson, I necessarily agree
1: with these either. We can talk about it. I don't agree with Ty Johnson and Kenny Stills. Oh, Dropping either of those? I don't, I don't want to drop either. I one. wouldn't want to drop either yeah, one either. I don't want to hold on. People just you know they have such a quick trigger, man. Yeah, it's normally you, Greg. It is normally me. I'm trying to grow up. We, all right, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll get Better older, late than okay. never. Alright, <laughs> right,
0: well, more job candidates and some philosophizing next. With NBA season underway, you can dunk on your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com lineup optimizer. The most accurate projections in all of NBA DFS. Except for us, Frank. Plus, you'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. DailyRoto.com slash dunk to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash dunk. Get your 10% off now. DailyRoto.com. Where millionaires are made. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, said it right that time. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, and also check us out on SportsGround TV too, two YouTube pages. More content.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sports Grid TV. We've got some interesting betting nuggets up there as well from our guys. uh, Joe Ranieri, Teddy Covers, and Ralph Michael. So they do great work. So, yeah, make sure to check out both. And not just on YouTube,
0: man. Instagram. It's what all the kids are doing these days.
1: The kids. That's us. You are old enough to call everyone else kids now. Uh, We are the kids, Frank. You know, I was actually, true story. We're kids? I'm a kid. You might not be. So
0: I was reading, um, you know, inside baseball for you. But I was reading the description to our podcast because uh, we switched platforms recently. It's all on iTunes and Spotify. You haven't lost anything. But, like, I was reading the description, and it was like, our resident millennials, Greg and Frank. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, uh, I crossed that out. It was just like, Greg and Frank instead. I was like, come on. Is anyone reading this?
1: I guess we are technically the resident millennials, right? Well, I mean, compared to, like, Gabe and Cam Stewart. Yes, but,
0: like, everybody downstairs, like, they're all our
1: age. That's true. You know what I mean? So it's like... Well, no one's... You know, we them? don't get to see a lot of people behind the scenes, oh, you know? Poor guys true. I mean, we get, we get some Alex Fasano on the weekends. Yes. Some news updates. And in the mornings, every morning. True. 8 a.m. update, of course.
0: Right Why wears a colored shirt? So we're not the only ones. We're not the only, we're the only ones. ones. We're the
1: only ones you see. On a day, on it doesn't a a mean we're on the only basis. ones. No, we're not the only ones.
0: <laughs> we're not the only ones. All right. Um, before we went to break, Frank and I mentioned that Ty Johnson, Kenny Stills,
1: on the most dropped list. We both feel like kind of a mistake. Yeah, Ty Johnson last week, I understand, it was a four-headed running back by committee Not what you like to see, obviously, but Ty Johnson still led this team with 40% of the snaps. He led all running backs in targets last week as well for the Detroit Lions. They've got some good matchups coming up, and you spent a buttload of money to get Ty Johnson here, Greg. Um, Maybe this is a slippery slope for me. Maybe this is a fallacy of mine, and you can help correct it. Is holding onto a player just because you spent a lot of money on them worth it? Does that make sense to do? Or or is that just... If they're not good, you should just kind of drop them anyway, right?
0: So I think that, like, in, in theory—oh, you got your phone case. Nice. In theory, you would want to drop—like, if they suck, you drop them. It's very simple. But, like, there's a— but after one week? There's certainly someone inside of you, and it comes, it's very similar to, like, draft capital, right? Like, you spend an early round pick on a guy, so you're much more hesitant to drop him than you are somebody you spent a last round pick on, obviously. Same goes for last week. You spent $16 on Kenny Stills, you spent $40 on Ty Johnson, you're probably not gonna to wanna to pull the trigger and drop them immediately. You probably also owe it to yourself that you believe in this guy. Like with Kenny Stills, for example, and I said this yesterday, I'd rather start Kenny Stills this week than Mark Walton, right? So if Kenny Stills is on my team, I'm gonna hold him for this week. Next week, when he has a buy, and then we'll fill this back a week later. I'll have no problem chopping him next week. But I picked him up for these two weeks. Fine. It didn't work out last week. But as you like to say, process over results. The process was right. And I think the process can be right again this week. Same goes for Ty Johnson. Whatever reason, Matt position didn't see
1: the way we did. But the process is right. Give me another week before I just cut bait. When it comes to Kenny Sills, I'm more likely to cut him than I am cutting Ty Johnson, obviously. But... With Kenny Stills, you know, last week he still was on the field a ton. He ran the same amount of routes, played the same amount of snaps as DeAndre Hopkins. Tougher matchup this week going up against Jacksonville. Looks like he's going to be matched up against A.J. Boyer, according to Pro Football Focus. So, I understand, Greg, if people picked him up last week and really just wanted him for that matchup against Oakland, and then this week they have another player with a better matchup, or they're just not going to use Kenny Stills, and he has to buy next week, then yeah, you can probably just cut bait for Kenny Stills. But, yeah, absolutely. if you do need a wide receiver to start, he's... Going to be one of those lower end wide receiver threes.
0: Other players that were dropped this week, a couple of bye guys, and Auden Tate and Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett one makes no sense because there's no tight ends. So Gerald Everett I don't understand that at all. Please go pick him up. Auden Tate, I don't have an issue with. I know we talked about this yesterday. Um, You didn't really want to drop Auden Tate. I don't have much of an issue. AJ Green says he's coming back after the bye. I know we'll never see him again, but he says he's going to come back against Baltimore after the bye. I don't think you need to hold on to on a tape if there's somebody out there you needed to pick up like I would drop and I said this to you yesterday I would drop on a tape for Chris Conley I have no issue with that
1: yeah and I've really come around to that as well I was talking with Mike Blewett downstairs and he kind of talked me into it you know how many fantasy viable wide receivers are we going to have with with Ryan Finley as the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals AJ Green's coming back obviously Tyler Boyd runs in the slot he's been getting a ton of targets as has Auden Tate. I mean, I don't want to kind of discount the targets that he's seen, but Alex Erickson in the mix. They were using Tyler Eifert more this past week as well. So, you know, I looked at the Flex League, for example, Greg. I was setting up some uh, waiver wire bids for tonight that runs. Like, Deshaun Jackson is available in that league. He's at practice today, so it looks like he might be returning. Cole Beasley, Danny Amendola. I think, you know, if you need a wide receiver, any of those three, I, I would be all right dropping Auden Tate for.
0: So this is the time of the year with the in full swing. Teams are really shaving up. You know if you're good, and you have a shot, and you know if it's not your year, which brings us to the philosophizing portion of the program.
1: We might have to make some kind of
0: drop there or something.
1: Philosophizing. There you go. Something like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We actually need one for the waiver wire show. We we, we should have one every day. Okay. We're slowly, we're coming along. We are. We're going to grap- start making graphics, right? What, uh, what was the... We.
1: Someone's going to make graphics. This is a you job. Eh, maybe. I'll see what I can do. All right. See, see how many millennials I can find downstairs? <laughs> All right. Let's
0: get into the philosophizing. Let's start. Um, you're a keeper league, man. You're going to get these keeper league trades. They're going to be thrown out at you constantly. And you're going to sit there and you're going to be, A, pissed off that you didn't do this first. And B, be like, that's not fair but there's nothing you can do about it, right?
1: There is nothing you can do about it, Greg, and I really wanted to open up about this today. Buddy of mine, friend of the show, co-owner of an NFFC team with myself, Constantine, was texting me about a trade that he's trying to pull off in a keeper league where he's trading away players that are more so going to be used for the future while he gets players in return that are going to help him win this year. The vetoing process, and this isn't just for keeper leagues, this is for all fantasy sports, the vetoing process is not there for you to vote down a trade that you think somebody is a loser in or you know, if there's a team that's at the top of your league and they're only getting better. That is not why the veto process is in play. It is there because of collusion. If you think something is going on behind the scenes, there are two friends making a trade, two family members, a wife and a husband, whatever it might be, and you have suspicion of collusion in said trade... That is why the veto process is set up for anything else. It doesn't matter if you think an owner is winning or losing a trade. They accepted that trade knowing what it was. For whatever reason it might be, they thought, okay, I am trading away a player, and I am winning this trade. That is why I am doing it. It is not up to you to decide whether or not they are winning or losing the trade especially when it's a team that's at the top of your league that's only getting better, and the sole reason that you're vetoing this trade is because that team is getting better. I mean, that is not why the vetoing process is in play. And if it is in play that way for your league, you either A, need to find a new league, or you need to ban the veto process, because that is not what it's there for, Greg. And just getting into keeper leagues... You're going to see a lot of lopsided trades that look all kind of crazy, right? Some players are getting some teams, you know, best players, and you're trading maybe, you know, younger players who you think are going to see a bigger role in years to come, right? Maybe you're trading for a rookie running back like a Miles Sanders or a David Montgomery, uh, and you're giving up one of your better players on your team. Those trades are going to happen in keeper leagues and in dynasty leagues as well. There are teams that are going for it, and there are teams that, have out of, that are out of it. You need to realize that when you join a keeper or dynasty league. If you don't like that side of it, then don't join that league because they happen in every single league. They happen in my league. They happen in your league. We've been trying to find ways to kind of mitigate the fire sale so that they're not as egregious, but they're going to happen. So you need to know that going into your league, and I just kind of wanted to go off on that because you should not be just vetoing a trade because you think an owner is winning or losing. They accepted that trade for a reason, and it is what it is. That, that is not why the veto process is in play in my opinion, Greg, do you have anything to add?
0: No, I, I listen. I think the veto process is stupid. I don't play in any leagues where you can veto anything. Okay. It's all to me, it's all the commissioner that if it's as long as it's not collusion, any trade goes through. You trust the commissioner in that process. But as I said when I kind of started this out, it the, your first reaction isn't, you uh, know, this is not fair. Your first reaction is, damn, why didn't I do that? And one of the reasons you may not have done it is because, well, you didn't let people know you were in the market. You let people know that certain guys were available for trade. So I know you get questions all the time, and I go through it too. Like, all right, some of my players have been awesome. Like, Nick Chubb's a really good example. He's been awesome. But in the back of my mind, like, hmm, Cream Hunt is coming back in two weeks. Should I see what's out there? And it doesn't just go for Cream Hunt, I've thought, or Nick Chubb, rather. I thought the same thing, like, for Ezekiel Elliott. And Kenny Galladay's schedule in the playoffs, like, is bad. Should I see what's out there for these guys? But the other side of like, wow, but he's really good. I don't really want to mess with it. Where do you fall on that? Do you want to, do you like, by making moves, it's always like, I don't want to make a move just to make a move. You know what I mean? You don't want to just get uh, your trigger figure too itchy. You just want to, you know, kind of coast. Like, what what do you think?
1: I think you should be able to listen to offers for any player. You know, even Christian McCaffrey, as great as he is, he's having a historic season. I would be, you know, if someone's willing to give you their three best players for Christian McCaffrey and ultimately that sets your team up better to win this season, then yeah, you have to look into that. I think it's kind of similar to, you know, what we saw yesterday with the Jets and Joe Douglas. And I'm not trying to just make this like a Jets discussion, but there was all this hoopla about him shopping Jamal Adams. And he said on the Michael K. show yesterday, I would be... It would be ignorant of me. Where Wherever I've gone, I have learned you pick up the phone and you listen to what people have to offer. If people are offering you five first-round picks for Jamal Adams, no player is untouchable, and I think that that's similar to fantasy football as well. So a few people were asking me, should I be shopping Nick Chubb? Yeah, sure. It doesn't hurt you. See what you can get in return. Maybe you get blown away. And his feelings
0: won't be hurt. Because he doesn't know.
1: Absolutely
2: right.
0: All right, you suck and we know it. Coming up next...
2: The BFFs presents... You suck. And we know it. Does it just suck being you? You <laughs> suck,
1: All right, that's time of the week. We tell you you suck and we know it. We're going to take advantage of you. We're going to be very, very honest about it, Frank. Absolutely, Greg. The thought process behind this is trying to acquire players who are on buy right now, who are on losing fantasy teams, so they can't really afford to wait for that player to get back They're trying to trade that player this week so that they can win and get back in fantasy contention. So I'll throw a few names out there, and then I'll throw it back your way, Greg. And I think these are pretty obvious, but I'll just throw them out there anyway. If you play in a super flex league, Drew Brees looked great last week. His first game back from the thumb injury, threw for over 370 yards and three touchdowns. Super flex league even in one quarterback leagues, right? Like if you need a sure, quarterback, sure. I'd be looking into Drew Brees, obviously. And then Mike, Al- Michael
0: Thomas, by the way, on pace for the most receptions in any NFL history right now.
1: NFL history. He's been so consistent even with Teddy Bridgewater you know as records? his quarterback. For most receptions in a season. Um Gary Rice. Correct. Scott, do you know Scott Scott
0: Wessels here hanging out? Do you know uh who holds the record for most receptions in a single season NFL history? It's not Jerry Rice. It is someone recent. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. So the answer now. All right, fine. Calvin
1: Johnson. Uh, no, we were looking for Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, 146 receptions. You gave me a single season, 15 to 20 tries. I probably still wouldn't have gotten it. All right,
0: well Marvin Harrison <laughs> is the answer to that question. But
1: yeah, Drew Brees yeah. certainly a, a candidate that you can go out and get. And the the thing is, the annoying thing is, if you own Drew Brees, you've probably been waiting, waiting. But that's also why your record might be terrible. True. And you need someone now to help you win this week. So if you can't afford to wait... Especially in a one-quarterback league,
0: probably find somebody. Probably.
1: Probably. But in a super flex league, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then Alvin Kamara. The obvious one. Very obvious one. He's going to be back after the bye. Has the league-winning potential, obviously. Hasn't really been himself this year. A lot of that has been tied to Teddy Bridgewater being his quarterback. And, you know, as great as Teddy Bridgewater was, they were winning a lot of games. He doesn't target Alvin Kamara as much. He was throwing a lot to Michael Thomas. Uh, so I would be looking into trying to acquire Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara from teams that are losing right now, who have said players. Greg, who would you be trying to take advantage of on You Suck and We Know?
0: Yeah, for me, Alvin Kamara was the obvious example. I'm going to go to Atlanta, where I think there's a good spot for Calvin Ridley. He's coming off a game that wasn't all that great. Uh, he seemingly was concussed to return to the game. They're on a bye week, and that was all of Matt Schaub. Now you have Matt Ryan coming back. Calvin Ridley going to play once again as the number two wide receiver to Julio Jones without Mohamed Sanu in there. I don't think Ridley costs you. I know he doesn't cost you nearly as much as an Alvin Kamara, and I think he's somebody that you can get by with Offering a guy two wide receivers, four, right? Like, Calvin Ridley's not a super duper star, but he's someone that, as your wide receiver three in the playoffs, he probably can help you. So, if you could offer somebody like a couple of wide receiver fours for him that they could put in their lineup this week, it could make sense. Like, I offered the guy that has Calvin Ridley in my league, I offered him Chris Conley and Emmanuel Sanders. I thought like that was kind of like where my head was at for Ridley. That's not crazy. It wasn't a crazy offer.
1: He said no, but like, that's what I'm trying to think about when offering for Ridley. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley played more snaps last week. Had seven targets, four for 70, even with Matt Schaub as his quarterback. So after the bye, we expect Matt Ryan to be back. This defense is still very bad. It's going to lead to a lot of shootouts. They might even be playing from behind in a lot of these games. So that's going to lead to more pass attempts for Matt Ryan, which ultimately leads to more targets for Calvin Ridley. Let me throw a couple of other names out there,
0: and they make sense because they're going to be on teams that are terrible, but I want to know if you want to buy. And the most obvious one that comes to mind is Joe Mixon, right? A.J. Green's coming back. A brand-new quarterback at Ryan Finley is starting. If you are a Joe Mixon owner, your team probably is terrible because Joe Mixon has been horrible. You have to, to draft them uh, early on. So would you go buy Joe Mixon in this scenario? And, of course, it's, what, what does it cost? But, like,
1: yeah. what does it cost? That's ultimately what it comes down to, right? We talk about these buy low candidates. If you can get Joe Mixon for a flex ish running back or a wide receiver three, then sure. But am I giving up a running back two that's been in my lineup consistently? Like Steven Coleman, even no, like there's no way of I'm doing not. that, of right? But not. even at Devontae Freeman, who hasn't even been that great, like I think those guys are probably in a similar boat. I'm not giving up a wide receiver two anywhere like in that DJ Chark territory. I wouldn't be doing that really? for Joe Mixon. Oh, okay. I'd rather own DJ Chark right now. The The matchups coming up are not great ones. Baltimore coming up soon. Pittsburgh, he gets New England in the fantasy playoffs as well. So I know he had a great game last week. Great by Joe Mixon standards. he's, he's caught a receiving touchdown. But entering last week, Greg, I talked about this a lot. He had 18 rushing attempts for 12 rushing yards in his two previous games before he faced the Rams. I just can't trust Joe Mixon, even with his offensive line, seemingly getting a little bit healthier when they come back.
0: I agree. I don't want Joe Mixon either. He has not scored a rushing touchdown all season long. Unless you get him for dirt cheap. But here's the thing. Because when you acquire Joe Mixon, you're then kind of forced to start him. right? You're like, I acquired this new toy. Let me play him. And it's like a situation that you have found yourself not in. Why do you want this baggage? Because there's no sign that it's going to get better. Like I get he had a receiving touchdown this week. But like, there's no real sign it gets better. As you said, the schedule it's not great. It's not like, oh, my God, eye-popping schedule. It's, all right, their offensive line's not getting any better. And I understand A.J. Green's coming back. Is that someone you require? You want A.J. Green?
1: You want Tyler Boyd also, Ryan Finley? Not really. I mean, A.J. Green is going to be hard to get because, similar to the Drew Brees owner, he's been waiting all season long to get A.J. Green back. Their schedule, I mean, their record is likely very bad at this point as well because they might have used a... Fifth, sixth, seventh round pick on AJ Green, and they haven't had him for the first nine weeks of the season. So, sure, if you can acquire him right now for the stretch run, if you feel good about your team, that's fine. But ultimately, we don't really know what to expect from Ryan Finley. Uh, and I think that the AJ Green owner is likely going to want to hold on to him because they held on this long. Why not?
0: Yeah. Let me move on to another team. Let me move. Oh, did you answer about Tyler Boyd before we do? Brian Tyler Boyd?
1: Not really. I think he's a fine, you know, low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. The target should be there. But again, don't really know what to expect from Ryan Finley, and you know that A.J. Green is going to demand targets as well.
0: So you'd rather have Calvin Ridley than Tyler Boyd, for instance?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. They're in a similar range, but I, I trust the Falcons' offense more.
0: Let me move on to the Los Angeles Rams, because I think this is a really interesting conundrum as well. I want nothing to do with the running game. I've said that on Monday. Like, Todd Gurley, Frank, you were right. All hell, Frank. Okay, so let me... We should ho- do that more. Nope. Let's go to the wide receivers. And I think they're all really interesting. Brandon Cooks is concussed. So you are try you are a team that has Brandon Cooks, not only are they on the buy, but he's concussed. He's asymptomatic, but the Rams have sent him to a specialist because how are you asymptomatic? You've had two two concussions in four weeks or six weeks or whatever it is. That's like a really, really dangerous buy. High upside, but dangerous. Robert Woods, and we know this well, Frank, because we own him. Has not been the fantasy darling we hoped would be this year. Okay, I don't probably don't want to do that either. Yes, that's me. I'll, you can answer in a second. And then you get gets Cooper Cup, who is a wide receiver one. But the schedule for the Rams not good coming up. How do you see this wide receiving core from a you suck and we know it standpoint?
1: I think it's still going to go a lot through Cooper Cup. Obviously, he's dominated targets so far this season. He's dominated there. Target share so far. I mean, we were expecting Cooper Cup to, you know, be Jared Goff's guy. I mean, he's been his go-to guy so far in his career. But 28% of the target share. The next closest, Robert Woods, 19% target share. Robert Woods hasn't had a receiving touchdown all season long. We are now 8 weeks into the NFL season. He was drafted in the 4th or 5th round in a lot of leagues and he's been a huge letdown. Brandon Cooks, there's no way I'm trying to acquire him right now. He's definitely going to miss time with this second concussion in the past couple of weeks. He's had 5 documented concussions now as well. The one that I would be trying to acquire again is Gerald Everett because his target share has gone up this year and it seems like Sean McVay I think this is what he envisioned when he drafted Gerald Everett. I mean, this was one of the early round picks that he used when he first came over was on the tight end. It's taken a few seasons, but Gerald Everett is finally involved consistently in the game plan. So he's really the only one that I'd be looking at buying. But you're right about the schedule, Greg. I mean, it gets really tough. They have this really cool feature on Fantasy Pros where you can look at the strength of schedule for each position Cooper Cup and the receiving core of the Los Angeles Rams have the third toughest schedule the rest of the way, which obviously means it's a tough schedule for Jared Goff. I don't really want to do anything with this offense outside of trying to acquire Gerald Everett. I agree with you. I don't want, I don't... Listen, Cooper Cup's one thing. It's
0: going to cost a lot. That's the problem. Yeah, and it's a tough schedule. Yeah, I mean, the next three games, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, which Jared Goff's going to be awful in, in Pittsburgh, Chicago, Baltimore, then it eases up at Arizona for one week, and then the playoffs. is Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco. That's not good. Seattle, I think you
1: can throw on them, but Fine. Dallas and San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco is the number one pass defense yeah. DVOA in the league, so I'm with you on that one. I don't, I don't really want to acquire any of the Rams, and obviously, like we said earlier in the week, we would be trying to sell Todd Gurley right now if you can get a consistent RB2 for him.
0: Absolutely. So uh, there's, what, one more team, team want to buy here this week, right? So we have the Saints who we haven't talked about. We talked about, actually, we talked about yeah, we, talked we talked about, about, Kamara. about and Correct. Kamara. Oh, we hit them all. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Are there any
1: other buy-low candidates for you that of players that are not on a buy? I'm basically just going to throw out a few teams here, Greg, and I think the Jets end... Wait for it the Miami Dolphins because Devontae Parker and Preston Williams have <laughs> have, had, this is the uh, gift. have had consistent target share recently and as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback which he will be according to Brian Flores because quote he gives us the best chance to win unquote he's probably not wrong about that um, they probably don't have a great chance to win regardless but Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are seeing targets consistently they're playing from behind the schedule upcoming for the Miami Dolphins is a very good one they faced the Jets this week so I think both guys are in play there I mean you're not giving up much to get the Miami Dolphins wide receivers. And then, obviously, we've thrown this name out there a lot. We were trying to acquire him. Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson, and the New York Jets. The schedule for the Jets the next six we weeks. we acquire Jamal Adams while we're at it. Maybe if you're the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> you could try. Uh, but it's, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, Greg. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Greg, he's first among running backs in snap share this year. He's fourth in opportunity share. He just, the offensive line has not been good. He has not had a lot of red zone touches because they haven't been inside the red zone. The Jets' offense has been abysmal. But I think with two games coming up against the Dolphins, a game against Washington, a game against Cincinnati, those are games where I think their offense can get back on track no matter what you want to say about this Jets team. Giants, too. Game their offense out. is going to get back on track. So I, I think... We're sorry, Sam Darnold this week. Le'Veon Bell and, and Robbie Anderson make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The Jets' schedule, we've talked about it a lot. Like The Jets'
0: defense, Sam Darnold, the weapons... It makes sense to buy Demarius Thomas went for like a bunch of money um, in both of my home yesterday. I don't know if people had the bids in like before the Robbie Anderson non news broke, but the Jets schedule is really, really nice coming up. I know a lot of people are all over Chris Hernan expecting him to, to really break out. I bid
1: on him last night as well, three bucks. I have him and Zach Ertz. I might do that thing that we brought up a few weeks ago, Greg. Where I trade away Zach Ertz and another player for an RB2 that I can trust consistently, and then kind of just plug in Chris Herndon in my lineups. So. I
0: also think you have to take advantage of where you are in the standings, right? And this kind of goes to the use like we know it and kind of wraps it all up in a pretty bow for us. But there's still two, three, excuse me, three more weeks of buys left. And if you're in a position to take on players that have a buy, that's a great selling point, right? Like, there's some major teams. There's six teams
1: on a buy next week, Greg. Next week's It's the biggest buy. There's a
0: major, major teams having a buy still. Green Bay, Kansas City, New England, the Giants. They all still have buys to come. That's a lot of teams on a buy. And if you are fighting for your playoff lives, well, you, you can't afford to. So I'm giving away the Chargers. I'm giving away players that have buys already. They have passed. Guys who are better players that may still have buys to come,
1: yeah. And I think David Johnson fits in that mix as well, Greg. He has his buy and he's banged up right now. So, do you want to buy him right you're now? You're not, no, I wouldn't be buying him, but I'm in a league where I'm two and six. I could still make the playoffs because of points. points, but David Johnson's not helping me this week. So, if I can at least get an RB2 or a wide receiver, uh, I would two trade for him. him for anything. Trade him for anything, that's something that I would look into doing. Try and <laughs> acquire T.Y. Hilton as well, third best schedule remaining. Coming off a tough week last week going up against Chris Harris. I really like buying right, T.Y. I'll, Hill. I'll go check that out. All
0: right, he's Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. Up next is Wager Talk, followed by At the Window. Have a great night.
2: We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs.
0: In one league, Raheem Mostert was the guy. In the other league, Jeff Wilson Jr. was the guy. People want whoever the second running back is in San Francisco for Thursday night. Because Tevin Coleman can only carry the ball so much. How did your leagues look? And at this point, who would you rather have?
1: we got to pay attention to the injury reports today as well, Greg. But right now, it's looking like Jeff Wilson is going to be the backup to Tevin Coleman heading into Thursday Night Football. Raheem Mostert went for $2 in my home league out of a $100 fab budget. I wasn't necessarily in on Raheem Mostert. Didn't really need him all that much. I had a small bit on him, either 2 or $1. Uh, but I was beaten out ultimately. I had a $0 bid on Jeff Wilson, and I wound up getting Jeff Wilson. So as of now, you said it, Greg. He was cleared of his stinger. He's the only running back uh, between him, Raheem Mostert, And Matt Breida, who does not have the injury sign next to his name as of now. So we're going to pay attention to this situation, see what the injury reports tell us. We'll talk to Virginia Zakis of inside injuries tomorrow as well. Try and find out more about this. Because we know that the San Francisco 49ers are going to run. They have a league-high 57.5% rush percentage so far this season, and Tevin Coleman cannot rush the ball 20-plus times every single game. They don't want him to do that. He's not built that way. Kyle Shanahan has never really used him that way. I think they want him to kind of be in that 15-18 to touch role, and then they'll give an additional 8-10 to touches, whatever it might be, to the second running back. That remains to be seen as of now, Greg. To me, it's looking like Jeff Wilson's going to be that guy. All right, Jeff Wilson Jr. could be the, um, could be the optimis, optimis, opportunistic,
0: there it is play on, on Thursday night football. And remember, it was just a few weeks ago, he was the goal line guy. And I know Kevin Coleman's had that role, and he's gotten like, more touches inside the, in, inside the 10-yard line than anybody over the past few weeks. But Jeff Wilson Jr. was that guy early on this season, and he was successful at it. So maybe he'll be using a Matt Breida-like role, which is a true 50-50 split. Putting him in a really good spot for those owners desperate with the buys here. Jeff Wilson, probably the guy that I'd rather own right now as well.
1: We're on the same page here, Greg.
0: All right. When it comes to Arizona, it doesn't look like David Johnson will play, it doesn't look like Chase Edmonds will play. Any clarity with you when it comes to Kenyon Drake?
1: I think that they're going to try and give him as many touches as he can handle in this first game, Greg, but ultimately still doesn't know the playbook by all accounts. It is a you know tougher offense to pick up on here with Cliff Kingsbury, and you know they run the four wide receiver set, so we could see more passing ultimately. They're going to need someone to run the football. Zach Zenner has been there the past couple of weeks, so he probably sees some touches, but they traded for Kenyon Drake for this reason exactly. They expect Chase Edmonds to be out a few weeks. I think when they made this trade for Kenyon Drake, they knew that David Johnson was not going to be available on the short week here on Thursday Night and we could talk about this as well. You know, we want to do some buy or sell today. Now is probably the perfect time to sell Kenyon Drake because you haven't seen him perform yet with this team, and he does have some tougher matchups coming up.